executive in residence in the Management and International Business Department at Loyola University, Maryland. It's my pleasure to share this interview today with Micheline Carr-Gordon uh, uh, about her background, some of the things that she's done in her career, uh, and uh, how uh, some of that advice can be beneficial for our students. Uh, this series that we're recording is designed to give our students uh, a vicarious, if you will, sort of orientation to what life in the business world is like, as well as some pointers on how they can manage their own careers. So Micheline, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time to share this, uh, share your thoughts with our students. Um, if you wouldn't mind, uh, could you briefly introduce yourself and give us a little sense of what you're currently doing so we can uh, explore that a little further in this interview? Sure. Uh, firstly, thank you for having me. Um, I am honored to be uh, taking part in these interviews. As Dr. L mentioned, my name is Micheline Carr-Gordon. I am a proud member of the class, undergraduate class of 2007. Um, I graduated uh, summa cum laude with uh, international business as my concentration. I also double majored in French. I have about 15 years coming up, which sounds crazy, 15 years experience. It, uh, working fast, in the, it? it does. <laughs> working in the project management um, career path, but specifically geared towards healthcare. The first 12 years of my experience spent in an international setting working for an interna international healthcare consulting organization, um, Johns Hopkins Medicine International, and now working domestically with another large healthcare organization, uh, Bon Secours Mercy Health. Wonderful. That's great. Well, you've certainly got a lot that you can share with us. That's a, a you've packed a lot of experience into 15 years. So that's, phenomenal. <laughs> that's phenomenal. You know, one of the things we wanted to explore in this interview was how people kind of come to their careers, right? You know, um, as, as any of us who have worked, uh, you know, in the, in the real world, as we like to say, uh, realize uh, a lot of our career paths are not very linear, right? You know, we don't go in doing one thing and retire doing the same thing. So, you know, it, it's sort of a circuitous path, but we have students who don't necessarily appreciate that, right? And I think they're a little bit apprehensive about how that all goes. Uh, so one of the things that we've been finding out from talking to the people in this interview series is uh, it's okay if it, uh, if it doesn't, uh, you know, seem like it's a straight line. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about how your career sort of developed and uh, maybe if there were some twists and turns, you know, which road did you take and why kind of thing? Sure, sure. Um, my road is probably a little less twisty than some of the other interviews. Um, I got my foot in the door with Johns Hopkins Medicine International actually through Loyola at the time when I was attending, um, we had a an experiential learning coordinator who would help you find um, internships. And I was studying abroad in France and connected with the experiential learning coordinator and told them I wanted to try and do something specifically with an international organization. Um, and they had a connection. Uh, the, at the time, president of Johns Hopkins Medicine International was a graduate of the um, ELMBA program at Loyola. And they set me up with an interview um, you know, I did the typical intern things. I filed things, I made copies. I did get to do one interesting project. Um, 
was a marketing type project. They were doing some research into some potential new markets where they were looking at collaboration. So I got to sort of set the landscape, get a high level understanding of the healthcare landscape, the governmental organizations, um, things like that. And I got to present that at the end of my internship. Was supposed to just be for the summer, but they liked my work. They liked working with me. They asked me if I could stay on during the school year. So I, I had to reduce my hours, obviously, to go to school. Um, but I kept that internship all year. And coming up to the end of graduation, they offered me a full-time position, um, which I actually almost didn't take. I almost went with a different organization. Mm -hmm. And then I got a different call from a different manager at the Johns Hopkins Medicine International um, who had asked me to do something super cursory uh, and leverage my French background at the time. I had to translate some documents. I had a super limited amount of time. I also had super limited uh, knowledge of healthcare words in French because as many of you who are maybe taking a second language through Loyola know, you learn general language so you can function in society, but you don't necessarily learn technical jargon for any one specific industry. So that was really something challenging that I had to do on the fly. They appreciated that work um, and they hired me full time into an analyst position after graduation where I stayed for a few years um, and through different reorganizations and restructures, uh, managed to move into a couple of different positions, always managing to stay within my home team of Middle East and Africa. So I got to work primarily with the UAE and Saudi Arabia, but the majority of the time with the UAE. Um, and yeah, I mean, from there, I, I moved into different positions and the same home team until I kind of hit a cap. There was, really wasn't as much growth for me after a certain point. And at some point in your career, you have to take a look and say, I really love the people I work with. This work is really interesting, but I need something else now. It's time to move on to something else. Yeah. And that's how I ended up with my current organization. Um, different title, similar work, but on a much larger scale. So my project management, instead of focusing on maybe one specific contract that I was the steward of for about 10 years, it was a 10 year long contract. I'm working on various projects that are maybe two to three years at a time that have large organization-wide impact um, and the chance for us to work more collaboratively, save money, um, put better processes in place. So it's a lot more varied work, although the skill sets are very similar. Hmm. That was a really long answer. Hopefully I answered that question. No, that's a great answer. <laughs> By the way, it looks, like you, it looks like you've got a guest there for us. Uh, I, I do, I do. I didn't realize so. we were going to do a joint interview here. Well, good morning. <laughs> How are you doing? The joys of working from home. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's one of those things, again, that uh, who would have anticipated, right? Yes. Um, so, so what do you, you know, kind of building on that, Micheline, what do you think uh, students should have as a mindset when they go into the workforce? Because if that concept of, well, I, I've got to accumulate experiences. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to be, but I have to be open to do it, uh, which, which I think is really a formula that most of us take to kind of make, you know, mature our careers. Um, what, what kind of mindset do you think students should have in this? And I think it'd be interesting, you know, I think they would appreciate, you know, some specific advice on, well, you know, at this point, I should be thinking about this. And when I go and start the job, maybe I should have this kind of frame of reference to it. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think, in, especially in the case of your first job, you have to keep an open mind. You know, job descriptions in general are a wish list of the organization. There, if you meet, I, I remember getting this piece of advice in, in grad school at some point. 
if you tick every single box on that job description, it's more than likely that you'll be bored. There's, there's no stretch there. There's nothing for you to grow into. Most people who are successful in their positions leave themselves a good 30, sometimes 40. Some people are daring and even more than 40% of, I don't actually know how to do this or I don't have experience in this, but I have these core set of skills that I can leverage to learn those that last 30 or 40%. Or I'm confident enough in my networking abilities or my ability to adapt really quickly to the situation. I mean, to some degree, you have to know some of what your strengths are to know how comfortable you'd, you'd be taking some of that, you know, 20, 30, 40 above percent risk, in my opinion. Um, but you have to leave yourself some room to grow. Now, is it okay that your first job may not be super glamorous and you may be doing what you feel is more paper pushing than, you know, strategic collaboration? Yeah, everybody has to start somewhere. I mean, it's a rare person that gets hired directly out of undergrad and is running with the big dogs, helping to make decisions. I'm not saying that's impossible. It's just not the everyday average occurrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, don't be discouraged. Um, and also I, I've run into a lot of people and even in my eldest son, I have this talk with him all the time. You're not gonna be perfect on your first try. So, you know, don't go into it thinking like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. They're, they're never gonna promote me now. No, everybody makes mistakes. Mistakes are how you learned. In the project management industry, we call those lessons learned. As long as you're learning from those things and documenting them and figuring out a strategy of like, I'm not gonna do this next time, or you know what, this one thing worked really, really well, I am gonna do this next time. And you apply those lessons learned and you move forward. That's a sign of maturity that organizations look for when selecting candidates to not just to hire initially, but to move up and around the organization. Yeah, that, that resilience factor is really important in business. I mean, you're never gonna get it right all the time. And uh, I've, I've observed this many cases in my career where um, you know we actually evaluated people on the basis of how they responded to a hardship or how they responded to a setback. It was almost a bigger factor than all the good things they had done, right? Because it yeah. was a sort of a deeper character thing. It also sounds like in, in what you were describing, Micheline, that um, not only should students kind of think about the job and say, well, I could probably do about you know, 60, 70% of it, but there's this 30% I can't do. It sounds like they also have to be pretty um, deliberate about how they can sell themselves as being able to learn that 30 to 40%, right? Absolutely. Um, in other words, not just say, well, I don't know how to do that. I mean, they actually have to have something of, a, of an articulated plan for how they're going to get there. Is that, was that your experience as well? I mean, it is, but I'm a type A person. So I, I plan and I plan for a living. I'm a project manager. Not everybody is that methodical about mm -hmm. it. And I don't think you have to be that methodical about it. You just have to be aware that it's, it needs to be on your radar. You need to understand that, okay, this isn't my forever thing. I need, I don't know what my forever thing is going to be. So for now, maybe I just enjoy this experience. Maybe I just collect as many experiences as I can. And I make a bunch of lateral moves around the organization and move through several departments to figure out what I like um, and see where I fit. And you may not fit in any of them. You may fit in multiple and have to make a decision. You may end up being so awesome at something that they carve out a completely new something for you. I mean, you just, you don't really know until you, you try. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I know that's the, the old adage, you don't know till you try, but it's really true. And at this stage in your life, it's okay to move around. It's absolutely okay to make mistakes. In fact, I would argue that the more mistakes you make now is the more you're setting yourself up for success later. I mean, nobody's telling you to go in and fail, but it's okay to make slip ups. It's okay to go, you know what? I don't know if I'm ready for this yet. This, I think I bit off a little bit more than I can chew. Where can I go to get help or coaching or mentorship or guidance somewhere from someone in my organization? Doesn't have to be my direct supervisor. Could be a colleague, could be a member of another department, could be an executive. You just don't know where that help is gonna come from. But recognizing that about yourself and taking the steps to get what you need, that's the resiliency that we're talking about. That's the adaptability and the flexibility that is gonna serve you well as you not only get your first job, but as you start navigating what your career path looks like. Mm, that's great advice. Do you, uh, I, we you know, wanted to try to keep these interviews to around 15 minutes. Do you have any sort of final advice you'd care to share with our students? Uh, you've obviously given them some great ones in terms of how to think about that first job, you know, what they need to think about in terms of, you know, accepting failure and learning from failure. Any other things that you care to share before we uh, unfortunately have to close this out? <laughs> um, I would say just from my own first job experience, setting boundaries, which I know we haven't talked about yet in this interview, but setting boundaries is really important. And it's something that's really daunting when it's your first job, because you feel like you're the lowest person on the totem pole. I have no right to assert that, you know, I need to leave by five o'clock because I, I, whatever that I, I want to go to the gym. I joined a soccer league and I have a game, whatever it is, you know, set those boundaries. That's okay. Those boundaries should be respected. If they're not respected, that's a whole different issue that maybe then you start contemplating, like maybe this organization is not the place for me, yeah. but that gives you more information, right? But everybody needs downtime. Everybody needs to let their hair down at the end of the day. Um, I remember working so much when I first got out because it was, you know, you have to impress the boss and you have to put in all these hours. And I was available after hours. And then I ended up getting carpal tunnel my first couple of years out because I was wow. on the computer all the time and I was getting phone calls all the time and I wasn't getting enough downtime. So I would say definitely setting your boundaries is something just also to consider when you're. No, that's, that's great. No, that's great. You know, our students talk a lot about transparency and I'm not sure they always know what it means, but transparency in that regard is, you know, this is what's important to me, company, you know, this is what I need. Uh, how, how can we work within that? Because frankly, it's going to guide, you know, how I act, right? It's either yeah. going to make me feel, you know, stressed or whatever. So, so that, that's wonderful advice. And I think that's something that students need to learn that they can ask permission for that kind of stuff. I think that's great. Good. Micheline, I've really enjoyed talking to you as I always do. And uh, I really thank you for making time for our students. Um, I know that they'll take a lot away from this interview and uh, I really appreciate you uh, you're sharing your thoughts with us. So thank you very much. You're very welcome. Happy to be here. Thank you.